Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. good to see all of you and I hope you're doing well. I'm grateful for each and every one of you and I want to welcome any of you who may be joining us online or if you're using the app or listening to the podcast and at this time I would just like to invite all of you if you can to get out your Bibles or your Bible app and today we're going to be in the book of 2 Timothy picking up in chapter 3 verse 14. So if you could Go to that location. You can also get out your Bible study guides to um, worship guides to take notes if you want to do that. Um, and let me say this real quick. In addition to that, um, Bible apps are helpful and um, and they're great, but they do not replace a Bible. So if you don't have a Bible, please get a Bible. If you can't afford a Bible, let us know. We'll get one to you or work that out for you. But um, we need to be in the Word of God. In fact, that's what we'll be looking at today as we start this brand new series that we have entitled five things every christian needs to grow and so for the next five weeks we are going to look at the most basic fundamental matters of the christian life we're told in scripture that god calls us christians to grow spiritually so we are to be growing in maturity. We're to be growing and coming into the fullness of the conformity to the image of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But when God saves us, he doesn't just save us and then kind of walk away and say, hey, grow up, guys. I hope it works out for you. No, he doesn't leave us as orphans. When he saves us, he, one, he indwells us with God the Spirit. We are born again. But then in addition to that, he provides us with gifts and resources so that we can grow spiritually. Theologically, we refer to this as the means of grace. And what's meant by means of grace is that there are specific things, specific activities, specific gifts that God gives to his people that are designed to help us grow. And so if we are to grow into spiritual maturity, we need to be a people making diligent use of the means by which God has given us to use. In other words, God says, I want you to grow. I want you to mature. And here are the things I have provided to you so that you can grow spiritually. The deal is, you cannot, you will not grow spiritually unless you are doing these things. And so you say, what are these things? What are these things that we need in order to be growing in maturity? What has God provided us? What are these means of grace? Um, well, there's many, but there's five that we're specifically going to be looking at is starting today, um, how to study the Bible. And then next week, we'll look at how to pray and how to be involved in worship, how to get involved in 
service and, 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 and how, to, how to use the resources that God has given us to be good stewards. Now, once again, these are no, by no means all the means of grace that there are, but these are the basic ones. And so for the next five weeks, we're going to look at each of them. And like I said, today, we're going to begin by looking at what the Bible says about the importance of Bible study. And we're going to do that by looking at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. And what we have in this letter is the Apostle Paul writing a letter to his disciple Timothy. So let me just read the text to you, and then we're going to look at it word by word, verse by verse, and see what the Word of God would say. Here we go. Verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you've learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, com equipped for every good work. All right, that's the text. Now, I believe in that text there's at least five specific things that we can learn about Scripture or Bible study that makes it important for the believer, for Christians. So let's just walk through it. First thing I think we see in that Scripture is that we where we see or we learn is scripture must be lived out. That's the first thing we see. Scripture must be lived out. You know, why is Bible study so important? Bible study is so important because we must live it out and you cannot be living out something you do not know. It is an impossibility. So you got to know it. So verse 14, let me just read this real quick. There's so much in this first verse and so we're going to just walk through it and see this whole truth that it's got to be lived out. Verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. All right, all right, all right. Here's what's going on. Like I said, you got the Apostle Paul. He's writing this letter. This is his final letter to write, and he's writing it to his disciple Timothy. And Paul's at the very end of his life. He's in prison and under imminent execution. That's what's happening here. Now, just prior to the verse we read in verse 12, Paul said something really interesting. He says this. He says, evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. In other words, Paul had just said to Timothy, hey, Timothy, you need to know something. You need to know that things are going to get worse and worse. And people are going to come along who are imposters, who want to seek to defraud you, to lead you into falsehood. They will deceive the people of God, and in fact, them themselves are deceived. And Timothy, you need to know that. You need to be aware of that. So that's what he's just said. He said, hey, this is what some people are going to be doing. Some people are going to be doing this. But then we get to our verse, and there's a switch he says, this is for you, Timothy. He says it specifically, but as for you. Like, these guys going to be doing this, but as for you, this is what you need to be doing, right? Don't worry about what the others may be doing. You do this. And then he says three things. Three, th three things he wants Timothy to be doing. And this is, this is for all of us as well. Things are going to be going from worse to worse, people being deceived, people defrauding, but you need to know this. 
Know this, all right? First thing. Here's the first thing he says. You need to learn. Continue in what you've learned. That's what the text says. Continue in what you have learned, right? This for you. They be doing this. As for you, continue in what you have learned. Now, I would say this. Just um, This is personal. This is personal for me. I know that there are people in our country, maybe in a, even our, in, our, in our state, and um, I think even in our city, and I think they are imposters. In fact, I got, I got some of them even in, in, in my phone, and they're digits, and I can call, and I can text them, and, and they're in churches, and, and, and they say things, and they do things that don't represent who Christ is. And I get, I get, I get, I, get, I don't know, I get, I get upset. And I want to meet with them, and I don't talk to them, but they don't necessarily want to talk to me. And so you can get upset. But I always go back to this, right? That's going to be going on. But as for me, Travis, you need to do this. Continue in what you have learned, right? And so there's comfort there. This is going to be going on, but you need to continue in what you have learned. So the first question is this. I can ask myself, we can ask any of us, what have you learned? You see, there's many people who have not learned. Learning requires receiving, not arguing. It requires being taught. Here's a fact. We're all aware of this, but nobody comes into the world knowing who God is. We don't, we're not born knowing what sin is. We're not born knowing who Jesus is and what Christ has done for us on the cross in our place, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. We are none born knowing this stuff. So we got to learn. You got to learn it. We have to put ourselves under teachers or places or individuals, and we got to learn. We got to submit, and then we got to continue in it. But most importantly, we need to pick up our Bibles. We need to put ourselves under Scripture and learn. All right? So he says, as for you, continue in what you have learned. And this is the second thing. He says, and have firmly believed. That's the second thing. You see, there is a difference between learning something and being convinced of its truthfulness. You can learn a lot of things, but if you do not appropriate those things in your life, it, it is as though you've never learned them at all. I say it like this. We need to live in light of the things we know are true. You and I can learn all kinds of things, things but the question is, are we convinced of it? Are we living in light of it? Several examples, several examples. Um, personally, I know that I am to love my neighbor as myself. I know that, right? But the question is, am I actually loving my neighbor as my, myself? That's the question, right? I know it, but am I living in light of it? Another great one is this. I know, I mean, all Christians know this. I mean, there's not a Christian alive that I don't think knows this. We know that we are to be attending church. We're to be involved in church. We're to be serving our church. We're to be gathering together. So it's not like we don't know that, but the question is, are we living in light of it? Are we attending? Are we serving? Are we a part of it? All right? So that's, that's, that's what he's saying. What you're convinced of. All right? So, so follow the train of thought here. Paul just said, um, going worse to worse, but as for you, continued in what you have learned, right, and being convinced of, he says a final thing, and that's, it's just in the text, it's in the text, third thing, knowing from whom you learned it, right? Paul's like, hey, Timothy, 
Remember from whom you've learned these things. It's important. Remember who taught this to you, right? Consider the source. Um, <laughs> this, this is something that goes down in my house quite often. I say this, like we're at my table eating dinner, got my wife, got my kids, and maybe my son, my son will sit there and he'll say something, I don't know, kind of outrageous, some outrageous kind of fact. And I'm like, hey, son, Z, man, um, where did you get that information? And he'll say something like, um, Johnny from down the street. Once again, Johnny, not his name. I'm just kind of, you know, protecting the innocent. But he's like, Johnny told me this information. And I'm like, dude, Johnny, Johnny's seven years old. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny can't even tie his shoes. Johnny, Johnny thinks the moon is made of cheese. Brother, maybe you should consider the source that you're getting this information. At least, I don't know, man. Google it. Check Wikipedia. I don't know, but check it out. Consider the source, right? And that's what he's saying here to, to Timothy. He's saying, hey, consider the source. Now, we know Timothy had learned a lot about God. He learned a lot about salvation, a lot about Jesus Scripture tells us that Timothy had initially learned from his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. So we know Timothy's theological education began on the lap of his mother and his grandmother. And of course, he's learned much from Paul. But obviously, the most important source for a Christian to get an understanding of truth is from God himself. And that's what Timothy did. And that's why getting into the scripture is so important. It is vital. If we are going to live in light of the truth, right? If we're going to live scripture out in our lives, then we've got to be in it, learning from it, continuing in it, and remembering from whom we've received it from. So first, scripture must be lived out. Next, just following the text, we're going to see scripture makes you wise. Here's what verse 15 says. And how from childhood... You have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Um, several things to point out here. First, notice when are we told that Timothy started learning about the Bible or reading the Bible, studying the Bible? And the text says childhood. Like, like, it began way, way, way back. Well, I, way, way back, like actually even before he was born. We're told in Scripture, as I've already said, that it began with his grandmother and his mother. You got his, his grandmother. She loved Jesus. She loved the Lord. She read the Bible. She has a daughter named Eunice. She tells and teaches um, her daughter Eunice about Jesus and encourages her. And then Eunice has a son named Timothy. And Timothy, the guy who is a disciple of Paul. So we see that Timothy's theological instruction began with his mother and his grandmother. Um, so I don't know. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that. Sometimes, sometimes someone comes to faith and maybe a young man is called into um, the ministry and he calls me and he'll say something like this. He'll say, man, um, I feel like I need to go to seminary. And you should. Going to seminary is good. It's, it's a right thing to do. But... Um, Sometimes I say, that sounds good, you need to get into seminary, but sometimes I also want to say, um, you also might just want to hang out with your mother, right? Or, or your grandmother. I believe some of the greatest theologians in the church today are mothers and grandmothers. They are. And so we see that in his life. And so if that's true in Timothy's life, I would say this. 
when ought churches and, um, and, and parents start to teach their children about Christ and reading the Bible? I'd say at birth. I mean, did you know you can even read Scripture to your child in, in the womb? By, by, by God's grace, um, um, I was able to. My, my son was born in Africa and my, my, my daughter here in the States. But in, in both cases, I was in the delivery room and I was able to pray over them and with them through the, 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 the whole birthing process. And, and you can do that. You can, you can read Scripture to them. You can pray with them. But I believe that we need to be on that, in the Word of God, teaching those whom God has entrusted to us um, about Jesus and about reading the Word of God. You can do that. You can do that. And then notice specifically what they acquainted Timothy with. The text says very carefully that they were, he was acquainted with the sacred writings, um, specifically the hiaraskramata, the mighty, mighty. That's the Greek, the mighty, 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 mighty word of God. That's what they're acquainting Timothy with. Like they're not teaching him culture or opinions or fads. They're not concerned if, well, I don't know, little Timothy is, I don't know, popular at school or if he has, you know, trophies on the wall from Little League or in the in, in, in crowd. No, what they're doing is they want their son or grandson to be acquainted with the Holy Scripture. Why? Why? Why are they so concerned? The text says, it's in the text. It says they're concerned because the text, the sacred writings, make you wise for what? Salvation. Salvation, that's what they make you wise for. Now, real quick, here's something I find interesting. It's, it's an oddity that I have come across, um, I guess, really specifically in, in the New Urban South. This happens from, from time to time. Um, a, a man or someone will hear me say these things. You'll be in church, you'll be studying, you'll be reading the Word of, of, of God, and, and they'll say something like this. This is a generalization. They'll say something like this. They'll call me or come visit me or ring and I'll say, Hey, Pastor Travis. Um, here's my problem. Here's what I, I've been I've been thinking. They'll say, "Listen, if I um, go to church every weekend, and if I'm just um, hanging out with I don't know Christians, and I'm I'm not um, watching the movies that the world watches, I'm not going to watch rated R R movies, and I'm not acquainted with Netflix and all the binge watching." episodes out there and I don't know all these terms and and all this if I if I don't know all that stuff right I'm not going to be able to be relevant to the lost world right they'll say something like like that like like if I do those things I am going to be socially awkward and that, that's their defense right that's their defense when you say man be in church be involved in church be doing those things man if I do that I'm going to be socially awkward my response is this my goal is not to be, I don't know, socially well-adjusted. That is not my goal. I am not concerned about being awkward in the world. Now, now I am concerned about being biblically awkward. I'm concerned about that. But I am not concerned about being socially, um, I don't know, not relevant. I think that's, I think that's something that, that I see a lot of. I see men and women... I see men and women who, I don't know, they're more concerned about being relevant to culture of this lost world than they are concerned about understanding and being relevant to and in the Word of God. We gotta read the Word. We gotta be in the Word. We gotta know the Word. We gotta be, we gotta just be in it. And you know, the Bible's all about Jesus. So when we read it, the Bible is all about Jesus. It's not about 
religion or being a good person. It's not about being an ethical person or just being in a good family or having a good values. The main point of the whole Bible is Jesus. And I'll tell you what, if there's anything, any word, if there's any word that marks our day to day, I think it would be the word folly, right? Folly is an appropriate world, word for us to use today. It's just a dumb, foolish culture world lost. This is lost. And you do this, turn on any TV to any station at any time, and I think one of the first words that's going to come in your mind is this word foolish. But the whole point of the Bible, of Scripture, right, is to remove foolish thinking, to be wise. Wise to what? Wise to salvation. Wise to Christ Jesus. It's all about Jesus. That is the point of your Bible, and we need to be reading it and knowing it, all right? So, first, Scripture must be lived out. Second, Scripture makes you wise for what? Salvation. Three, just walking through the text, we're going to see Scripture is, oh, guys, this is so good, inspired by God. Look at the first part of verse 16. It says, all Scripture is breathed out by God. And the word is, literally in Greek, it's allagrapha, right? All holy, all scripture, all um, sacred. That word, it's a heavy word, the grapha. It's all, it's breathed out by God. Did you know that the Bible, on more than 4,000 occasions, refers to itself as sacred? And the Bible says, the word of God says, all of it. Literally, all of it is breathed out by God. Now, how much? How much? All of it. Some hear that and they're like, wait, 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 wait. All of it. All of it. Man, I don't know. Hey, Travis, what about that verse? I don't know. What about this verse? Whatever. Hey, hey, that's not what my professor said. My professor doesn't say that. Doesn't agree with that. Hey, hey, Travis. <laughs> Here's one. Hey, hey, Travis, um, you ever heard about this guy, um, Bill Nye? Bill Nye the science guy? What about Bill Nye the science guy? He's not saying it's all from God. Breathe out. Well, once again, I'd say consider the source. Consider the source. When a finite man with a finite brain and an evil heart that has been blinded by their evil deeds says, Hey, I, I disagree. I disagree with the holy, omnipresent, all-powerful God of the, the universe. Who are you going to side with, right? Bill Nye? With the bow tie? Man, bow, bow ties are cool, whatever. Bill Nye? Bill Nye, that's not the word of God. That's not God. There's no God, but whatever. You got God, the living God, the holy God, the all-powerful God. He says it's all breathed out by him. You go on side with him. I'm thinking the living God is breathed out by him. You say, the scientific stuff? Yeah. The historical stuff? Yeah. Every word, every concept, all of it, all of it is breathed out by God. And you know, this is the same imagery. I was thinking about this, this breathing out. It's the same imagery as God used in... Um, well, Genesis chapter 2, right? Verse 7. That's where, where God creates mankind, and it says he breathed life into Adam, right? The same thing we get here. God is breathing life into to, to, to Scripture. He breathes life 
as he breathes life into man, he breathes life into Scripture. Hebrews 4 says that Scripture is living and active, all of it, all right? Now, I'm guessing perhaps most of you, if not all of you, you would hear say, you know, hey, that's cool, man, you know, I would love, I would love to hear from God. You think to yourself, I wish God would talk to me. Wouldn't that be great? Well, once again, the good news is, according to this verse, God has spoken repeatedly for thousands of year, years, right? Through some 40 authors, through some 66 books, and you and I can hear from him anytime we want to. We can't anytime. You speak to God in prayer, and you can listen to him in Scripture anytime. And that's how you build your relationship with him. You talk to him in prayer. He answers in Scripture. It's amazing. All right. Okay, you say, that's cool. That's cool. But you know, maybe you say, man, I've read the Bible, and it appears to me the Bible is actually written by men. Man, like, what did God do? Did God, God have some celestial pen? He grabs some celestial parchment, and he writes all this down? It doesn't seem like it, because it seems like when I'm reading it that it was written by man, or at least men. Well, I would say Scripture says that. That's exactly what God says. First Peter tells us that men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That's God the Spirit. So, so, so God saves, God the Spirit indwells, and Scripture tells us that God works through these human authors. He carries them. He inspires them. He uses their personality. He uses their experience, just like he's using Paul in our text. Well, what that shows, what that, what that shows to me is that God can hit a straight line with a crooked stick. He can. As you read the Bible, you're going to see that the human authors who have written these books are clearly, I don't know, there's some wicked people. There's some wicked people writing the Bible. Paul, Paul, Paul says, I'm the chief of sinners. Jonah, Jonah goes, man, I, I'm a racist. I'm a self-righteous man. Peter says, I denied Christ. Thomas says, I doubted him. The deal is nobody in the Bible looks good except for Jesus. Let me just tell you something about the Bible. The Bible is a book full of villains, and there's only one hero, and that hero is Jesus. That's one of the reasons I know the Bible was written by God, not by man. And you can, you're reading the Bible, and you realize, man, these guys are not saying a lot of nice things about themselves. These guys are not putting themselves in great light. I wonder why. Well, it's because God's telling them what to write. They are inspired by God. All right? So now let's get to the fourth truth. The fourth thing we see is Scripture is useful, all, and here's a great word, and profitable. Let me read the rest of verse 16. Here's what it says, and profitable for teaching and for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness. So we're told here that the living, active Word of God is profitable. The Greek word is opholimos, meaning it is beneficial. It's productive, it is sufficient, and it is comprehensive. There is nothing necessary for you to know that is not contained in it. Now, I get it. There may be some interesting things that you may like to know, but there is nothing that you need to know that is not contained in it. Nothing is left out of it. And it says this word profitable. It says there's four specific things that it's profitable for. Let's, let's just go through these quickly, just quickly. You got one, teaching. Teaching what? Teaching the Word of God. The, it goes without saying, the Bible's good for teaching the Word of God. Second thing, it's 
profitable for. It says this word reproof, right? Reproof is kind of an odd word. It's not an odd, it's not a word that we're going to be using every day, but it's the ideal of rebuking in order to convict of maybe false doctrine or something like that. Um, here's a, here's a story. Here's a story. Here's a help. Maybe this, this will be helpful. Um, um, Years ago, there was a young man. I had a Bible study on my back porch, and this young man came to the Bible study. And um, this young man did not know Jesus. He'd not raised in church. hadn't been to church. He he might have he might have I don't know. He might have uh, been uh, went to church at Christmas time or something. I think his grandmother said, "Man, you want your Christmas gifts? You got to go to go to church." So he did that, but he didn't know Jesus. All right. So by God's grace, I'm sitting there and I'm preaching and I share the gospel with him. By God's grace, God convicts him. God saves him. He repents. He turns. He, he, he believes. We get a Bible to him, right? So he goes home and he, and he, starts, he starts reading his Bible and, and all that. And he's coming to the Bible study. And uh, one day he comes up to me, man. He goes, man, uh, Travis, man, I've been, I've been reading my Bible. I've been reading my Bible. And as I was reading my Bible, I noticed there's four things that God said were sins. And he had, he had a list. He had a list. He goes, the Bible says this is a sin. He goes, the Bible says this is a sin, this is a sin, and this is a sin. And he got really quiet, and he looked at me, and he goes, I did not know that. I didn't know that. And, and, and I said, okay, now you know that. What are you going to do? He goes, I done did what I needed to do. I go, what was that? He goes, man, I repented of doing those things, and I stopped doing those things by the best of my ability dwelling Holy Spirit. But that's, that's, that's reproof. The, the, the Bible's good at that. The good's good for that. And then it says correction. It's good for that. It refers to the restoration of something to its original and proper condition. And, and finally, um, the Bible's good for training in righteousness. And it refers to building us up, right? We're going to build us up. In other words, in other words, the Bible is good for good doctrine and sound theology, right? Doctrine, good doctrine and sound theology. Now, now real quick, some people listen, some people, some people, some people don't like the word theology. Some people don't really like the word doctrine. I don't understand why, but they'll say something like this. I don't like doctrine because doctrine divides. And I say, yeah. Yeah, it does. Doctrine does divide, man. It divides truth from error. That's its purpose. You embrace it. It instructs. It gives you a firm foundation. That is what the Bible is for. To despise doctrine is to despise the Word of God. Hey, listen, guys, we don't stand over Scripture. We stand under it, right? We're underneath it. We're subject to it. We don't critique it. It critiques us. Finally, we get to the fifth truth here in this text that we see. Truth number five, Scripture equips for Oh, this is great. Every good work. Let me read the text. That the man, and that's, you know, um, meaning in the Greek, mankind, man or woman, of God, that's Christians, may be complete, equipped for every good work. Paul is like, hey, Timothy, Timothy, you want to be complete? Um, Actually, it even is to me. Hey, hey, Travis, do you want to be complete? Hey, do you, as a Christian, want to be complete? Paul says, don't neglect the study of God's Word. Your life will be incomplete. You'll be missing out on a vast resource, the treasury of truth that's contained within the Bible. 
Paul says, if you want to be complete, get in the Word of God. You cannot be complete without it. And there's a good point there. He says, God desires, he says, for you to, God's desires is for you to do good work, works. Now, you're not saved by good works, but you're saved to do good works. And Scripture equips you to do every good work at your job, loving your spouse, raising your kids, serving at your church. Most importantly, the Word of God equips you to share the gospel. The Word of God equips you for all those things. Much, 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 much more. And if you're not in it and studying it and reading it and knowing it, you will be lacking. So, let's return to where we started. God commands His people to grow spiritually. We're not to be stagnant. We're to look more like Christ today than we did yesterday or a year ago. And then God gives us means of grace by which we can accomplish that task. And one of those means of grace is Bible study. So I would say this, if you're not currently involved in reading the Bible, Bible study, start today. And God has ordained that through the reading and study of the Bible that His people will grow. They will grow spiritually. So you need to read, be in it. Now, there's numerous ways that you can begin. You need to have a Bible. You can um, get a, re a Bible reading plan, right? You can go online and Google Bible reading plan. You can get one. You can go to the Silverdale app, download it, and you can see we got a Bible reading plan there. But the point is you got to commit to it. you got to see that God has ordained for you to do it as a believer. you got to set aside time in the day. you got to commit to it. you got to, I don't know, be in Christian community to get encouragement. you got to be reading, knowing, and doing the Word of God. You will grow spiritually. Now, real quick, let me say this. If you've got any questions about this message for me, you can contact me online, Facebook, Instagram. My, 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 my email address is tjones at silverdalebc.com. You can email me and reach out, and I'll get back to you. And let me say this. If you do not know Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you too can do that today. You repent of your sins and believe, right? Call on Him. Save me, and He will. I love you. I'm grateful for you. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, you are gracious, you are good, you are kind. Our prayer is that you would um, lead us and convict us and, and help us and show us how we can be daily in the Word of God. That we'll be committed to it, and as we're committed to it, as we're doing it, that we will grow into the conformity of our Savior Christ Jesus. Father, we ask all these things in the name of our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Take care. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the Connect Card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands, and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please, stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. 
And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.